0: I'm excited for week three of our series, Love Handles. And today, my topic is crazy love. And my scripture, the key text that we're going to be going to is Ephesians chapter three, verses 17 through 19. It'll be on the YouVersion app if you have that. If not, you can follow along on the screen. We will have that available for you. Ephesians chapter three, verses 17 through 19. Paul tells Us this, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, amen, to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When we look at the book of Ephesians, we understand that the city of Ephesus was a large, and it was a wealthy commercial port city in Asia Minor. It's what we know today as Turkey. It was a large population that was on the center of a major trade route, and the capital of the Roman province of Asia, Ephesus was considered by many as a gateway to Asia. Scholars believe that the church in Ephesus was one of the most well-taught churches that ever existed. The Apostle Paul was ministering there, or ministered there should I say, for at least three years, for nearly three years. So when we understand the context of who Paul is writing to, it's important for us to be able to make the connections. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, so after having been there and ministered to them for nearly three years, he leaves them and he writes the book of Ephesians while he's imprisoned in Rome, and he's unsure of what awaits him. We understand that Paul suffered for the very truth of the gospel that he spoke on, that he would explain to the People in Ephesus, and I love Paul because he didn't back down one bit. He opens up in chapter one by stating Ephesians 1 and 3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many know that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above? From the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, nor a shadow of turning, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We understand in chapter 2, as he continues to write, that we are made alive in him that we were quickened uh, to, to life by him. And in chapter 3, we find the key verse that I want to focus on for the next little while. It's God's desire, can I tell you, that we be rooted and that we be grounded in love. And Paul then says this, that, that you would know the love of Christ that surpasses our knowledge. It sounds like an oxymoron because he says, I want you to understand something That is too difficult for you to comprehend. It surpasses all knowledge. Another translation says all understanding. I want you to know something. So I'm trying to make sense of this. Because his love truly is incomparable. There's nothing that we could really relate it to. The Greek word for understanding that is used in this particular text is the Greek word gnosko, which means a progressive knowledge, something that keeps growing, something that keeps uh, deepening in itself, that you would become rooted, that as time goes on, that as time progresses, that you would begin to perceive God like you've never perceived him before, that you would understand him more than you've ever understood him before, that we would get to a point that we would know this incredible love that through, through time, that as time goes on, that through the different trying times of life, that through the different seasons of life, that we would know the love of the Father, that when the people we were counting on walk out on us, when the people that we were counting on talk about us, when the people that we thought would always be with us in those specific times that we would know that there is a love that surpasses all understanding that only comes from the Father. Not only that, but that through my failures, and that through my setbacks, and that through my weaknesses, and that through my low moments, that I would be sustained by the love of the Father, by the love of God, by the love of Him who so loved the world that gave His only begotten Son, the whole world—that's all of us here today, with all our imperfections, uh, with Him knowing that we would fail Him, with Him knowing that we would be a, that we would uh, reach a point of disappointment uh, at, at different times—that He still gave His only Son. And that we would understand the love that surpasses all understanding. That I could lay my head at night and say, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves. Can I tell you that he loves you with a crazy love? Can I tell you that he loves you with a love that's difficult for you to comprehend and difficult for me to comprehend? Because all we have to compare love to is the frame of reference or the context in which we have been exposed to love. But there is a love that surpasses all understanding. When God is getting ready to teach, He uses different people in Scripture. And when He gets ready to teach about His sacrifice, He calls a man named Abram, Abraham, who we come to know. He. He tells him, take your son, your one and only son. Yeah, that that miracle that you were hoping for and that that one son that you had been praying for all this time. Take your one son and, and take him up to sacrifice him. They go up. Abraham does not hesitate. And and we understand that Isaac, the son, is carrying the wood up the mountain. A picture of Jesus carrying the cross up to Calvary. Abraham ties up Isaac and doesn't hesitate. But God stops him through the voice of an angel. And he says, stop. There is a ram that is provided for you as a sacrifice. I don't want your son, Abraham. son cannot redeem mankind. I just wanted you to catch a glimpse of what I am facing, of what I will go through. I wanted you to know, can I tell you there's some things that we don't understand until we go through them. There are some things that you have to know for yourself. There's some things that people cannot teach you. Some things you can't be trained on. Without an experience, you can think it's true. Without an experience, you can believe it's true. But after you go through it, after you walk through it, you can say, I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to do what he said he can do. That we would go through a situation in life, that we would go through trouble, that that we would say like Job, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know who sits on the throne and it doesn't matter what I go through in this life. I know that I have a home that is far beyond what I could ever comprehend because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah, the Apostle John highlighted this incredible love in in his first epistle. First John 3 and 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And that is what we are. Can I tell you, that is who you are. That is who you are. Let that soak in your spirit. That is who you are. But years before Jesus would come to earth, he calls a prophet. He calls a prophet by the name of Hosea. And Hosea's experience is a unique one. He prophesied in the latter part of the 8th century before Christ, and he directs his message to the northern kingdom of Israel. He's actually the one writing prophet that comes from the northern kingdom, and he's writing to the people. 750 years before Jesus would come to earth, he separates this man known as Hosea. He gives him one of the most difficult tasks. If you ask me, Now, while some prophets had to deliver some not-so-good news, had to, to deliver some unpleasant news, Hosea had a job that was unlike others. The people of Israel couldn't seem to make up their mind about God in the sense that one day they're up and one day they're down, one day they're hot, one day they're cold, and And here we're given insight into God's heart toward his people. Hosea, I'm going to take you to school. And I want you to understand what I feel like loving Israel, that even through idolatry and through the promise of exiting the exile that they had faced, Hosea repeatedly draws out the gracious nature of this great God that we serve. He repeatedly directs his attention to the great God that we serve. And God tells Hosea, I want you to go marry a promiscuous woman. I want you to go marry a lady of the night. And I want you to to have children with her. And can I tell you that this is not what Hosea had in mind. She was not what he was looking for her Yes Yes her Are you sure? Yes. Her The Bible tells us that he marries this woman and Hosea showed up in the life of this woman that we know as Gomer. And he presents her with something she had never experienced before. He shows up when she was not expecting it. And can I just stop and tell you, I'm so glad that he showed up. I'm so glad Jesus showed up in Ephesians Two, Paul puts it this way, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It's God's great love. His great love, not our great love. He initiated and we respond rich in mercy. Can we understand that for just a moment? Mercy is a compassion or forbearance that is shown especially to an offender or to one subject, to to one's power. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions, when we were distracted, when we were focused on something else, when we were unaware of his love or maybe choosing other. Other paths uh, uh, just to be uh, just to re- just to rebel against him. Maybe we were headed in the opposite direction when the addiction overpowered us, and when the habit was too difficult to overcome, His love found us. His love found us down in the the worst situation that maybe we found ourselves. When everyone else around said uh, they won't ever change, Uh, they'll never get it together, they won't ever be better, his love uh, found uh, us. I'm so glad that David said it this way. He brought me out of the pit uh, of destruction, uh, and he brought me out of the mud, and he set my feet on a rock, uh, and he made my footsteps firm. I'm glad he stepped in the way he did when he did. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is, uh, that Jesus Christ has laid down his life for us. So here we have this woman, Gomer, who was used to men but not to love. And perhaps she was a woman who looked at love and said, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. But something in this woman, when Hosea shows up, something in this woman, where, when Hosea shows up and he says, will you marry me, prompted her to say yes. Now, an interesting point to note is that Hosea's name means salvation, And Gomer's name means finished, completed, but she wasn't. She wasn't. So every time they called her, they called her something that she wasn't. And there is nothing worse when someone calls you something that you know deep down on the inside you're not. Gomer's dilemma is this. Is this all... That God has for me. Is this finished? Is this what it looks like? Or could it be? Could it be that there is something more? Could it be that God does have something greater for me? All of us, can I just say from time to time, have asked ourselves, is this all God has for me? Is this all that I am... Supposed to experience all of us, maybe have asked from time to time. Maybe I'm not supposed to be happy, maybe I'm not supposed to be free. Maybe, maybe this is this is the, the straw that I drew in life, Gomer takes the risk to walk away from everything that she knew, from everything that she had experienced, from everything that she was accustomed to, to try to find the missing part of her life. Now, can I tell you that it takes something to walk away from the visible to the invisible? Can I tell you that it takes something to walk away from what you're used to to something you've never experienced before. Can I tell you that it takes something to walk away from your comfort zone to somewhere you have never been in your life? So she tries her best. Something in her takes this incredible risk to say maybe life does have something. Maybe there is something greater. Maybe there is something deeper. Maybe there is something. Maybe there is a love that I don't understand and that I haven't known before. Maybe there is a God. And maybe you've asked yourself the question. Is there anything more for me? And Hosea takes her from where she was. And places her to where He wanted her to be. And Gomer's dilemma is this, that she moved positionally, physically, but she didn't move in her mind. God brought his people out of Egypt. But it's one thing to get out of Egypt, and it's another thing to get Egypt out of you. She moved positionally, but in her mind, she was still captive, and she was still where she used to be. Did you know that it's possible for our lives to be in one place, but our minds to be somewhere else? It's possible to be here positionally, physically, but it's possible to be somewhere else mentally. And on the inside, dealing with stuff that really no one knows, dealing with things that we have been exposed to and that we have gone through in our lives, and nobody knows deep down inside. It is possible to be here today and dealing with some great things, and you find yourself in a dilemma similar to what Gomer found herself in, that you are trying to fit a role, you're trying to go through a change, you're trying to be someone who God called you to be, you're trying to be the person who God called you to be, but yet struggling on the inside with who we used to be. I want to get to some issues in our lives that affect all of us. Can I tell you this morning that you're not different, that all of us go through things and that we need to come to the truth and the reality that God's love for us is greater than what our past has been? Lord, help us. I want to talk to people who have a past that put them in conflict, that puts them in conflict with their present or having something from your past that keeps coming back to your mind and tells you you'll never be redeemed fully. Well, the devil is a liar. I want to come to tell someone that tells that the past has seemed seemed to not let you go. you're trying to shake it off uh, but, but you can't really seem to progress forward. Uh, you're trying to get closer to God you're trying to get more involved God is calling you to move forward but there are some things that just keep you tied back that keep you from moving forward keep you from being who God wants you to be from who he wants us to be and you're struggling with conflict sure you've heard all the messages on forgiveness you've heard them all but there's still that one person when you hear their name It's just hard to let go. You've heard the message of putting the past behind you, but there's still certain triggers that want to come and grab a hold of who we are right now. So, there, this woman, Gomer, is she's trying to be a housewife, going through the motions in a much more beautiful place than what she was before. But yet on the inside, she's unable to receive what God has for her fully because there's some things that she just can't knock. Could it be this morning that there may be some of us that we can't receive all that God has for us because we truly haven't embraced fully who he has called us to be. See, one of the hardest things for this woman is that she couldn't see herself the way Hosea did. She couldn't see herself the way Hosea, her husband, did. He loved her. He loved her, but when you don't love yourself, it's hard to see ourselves the way God sees us. When we don't love ourselves, and I'm going to tell you some obstacles that stand in the way of us loving ourselves is because of what we have been through. And because what we have experienced in life. And because your story may may seem different than everybody else's. uh, Because of what she had been through, it was hard for her. And that may be the battle that we're fighting here today. It's hard to comprehend uh, the love of God. uh, a, A love that loves us in spite of everything. Because many people in our lives that we've known have loved us conditionally. And because we have been exposed to that, that's all we know. That's our default setting. That's where we go. But we don't know anything different. But could we dare to rise this morning to see ourselves the way God sees us? Could we dare to rise to see ourselves the way the Father sees us? He says, but you are a chosen people. He says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. His word says that he came to his own, but his own received him not. But to everyone that received him, he gave the right for those who believed in his name. He gave the right for them to become children of God. Do you know that God sees you holy do you know that God sees you unblamable? Do you know that God sees you as more than a conqueror? Do you see that God, do you know that God sees you unreprovable? Do you know that he sees you as the apple of his eye, as the zenith of his creation? Do you know that he sees you as the crescendo of the earth? So I dare to say to you today that God has thought more highly of you than you've thought of yourself. There's nobody like him. He has thought more highly of you than you've thought of yourself. And you're, and, but you're saying in my low moments, yeah. Yeah, when you were addicted, yeah, he, he, he thinks more highly of you. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He has a new life for you. And he says, come on and embrace it fully. But why is it then? Why is it then that we allow who we used to be pollute who God is calling us to be right now? Why is it then that if the Bible is true that we are a new creation in him, that we struggle with this so much? That if the Bible says that we're a new creation in him, Sometimes we feel anything but that. And there's always the temptation to return to the familiar. I'm drawing to a close. There's always a temptation to return to the familiar. Gomer is in a difficult spot because we understand that she started reverting back, going back to where she came from solely for comfort because that was her comfort zone. How many times under pressure have we? How many times under pressure have we? Not on Sundays, not when we come looking our best and we're smiling, not on Sundays. How many times under pressure do we go back to the familiar because that's all we're used to? How many times have we found ourselves going to that place of who we used to be? For Murray was two different women in one body, a housewife and a harlot, one settled in, one in a state of debauchery. And the Bible tells us that she started having babies, and there weren't Hoseas. And can I ask, how many times have we birthed things that are not from God? Birth out of fear, birth out of insecurity, Birth out of doubt, birth out of unbelief, birth out of just, uh, just uh, low self-esteem. How many times have we birthed something that is not from God? So the question that I want to tell you today is where are you? Where, where, where are you? Because there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. Where are you today Emotionally? I want to help you with with God's word this morning that when fear and doubt want to settle in your mind, where are you? That you go to for relief. That temptation. the certain addiction. Gomer's problem is she goes back to where she came from. For some of us, When the pressure is on, when the pressure is on, we go back to anger. We close off. You know the scriptures. You have your WWJD bracelet, but if we make you mad... Gomer had trouble shaking off who she used to be, the past and the present. And what happens over time is that the two intertwine. The two intertwine, and could this be a picture of where some of us are are today, where we're free in some areas, but held captive in others. I, I can do good here in this area, but I struggle here in this area, and there's just a battle going on in between. Gomer was in the house, but the house wasn't in her. And the enemy keeps trying to pull us back, trying to keep us to revert back to who we used to be. And, and you ask yourself, where's my joy? Where's my joy? How come I don't have the joy that I used to? How come I don't have the peace that I used to? How come I don't just don't enjoy life the way I used to? One day, Gomer leaves the house. She leaves the house, but this time she didn't come back. The Bible tells us that Hosea goes to look for her. For someone in this place, God is looking for you. You ran from him, tried to do your own thing. You've questioned if God really loves you. God is looking for you. He loves you with a crazy love. But, but there's some things in my past. He knows them. He's looking for you. But you don't know what I've done. Yeah, he does. And he's looking for you. Kumer left the house. And Hosea goes to look for his wife. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? Has anybody seen her? Something's wrong because she's never been gone for this long. Have you seen her? goes down to the marketplace, trying to find her, doesn't doesn't see her. I'm really looking for her. I know she's in a bad place right now, but she's my wife and I love her. I know she's struggling with some things, but I love her. Can Can we just comprehend that today? That there is a love that loves us at our lowest. Can we just wrap our minds and our hearts around the reality that God pursues us with a relentless love, with a reckless love? The only place he hadn't looked was a slave table. Surely she wouldn't be there. Surely. Surely. She wouldn't be there. Is she really bound by what she used to be? Could that be her with the chains and with the addiction, with the bondage? Could that be her with the sin? Could that be her with the struggle? Could that be her with the pride? Could that be her with the resentment? Could that be her? Could that be her? The Bible says that when Hosea could have walked away and said that's not, she's not reciprocating the the love that I have for her. She doesn't love me the same way that I love her. The Bible says no. (laughs) No. Don't you let her go. I'm not going to let I'm not going to let her go do you can, yeah, I need a, I need to find I need to find something to, to get her out of this I need to find something to get her out of this she's gone too far and and she's saying He's saying I can't let them take her I can't let them take her she's in prison but I still love her she's addicted but I still love her hang on hang on I'm going to get you out of this I'm going to get you out of this I'm going to get you out of this I'm not going to let the enemy take her away. I'm not going to let the enemy take her away. Can I tell you that there's a love uh, that sees us and he says I'm not going to let the enemy have his way with you. No you are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. I am the apple of his eye. I am who what is man that you are mindful of him. You've made him just a little bit lower than the angels and you've crowned him. Do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? Hosea purchased Gomer for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. Together the total, to guess, would have equaled about 30 pieces of silver. And 30 pieces of silver was the common price that was paid for a slave. He bought her, he married her, And when she reverted back, he said, I still love you. I still love you. The price that Hosea paid lets us know how low Gomer had gone. Barely, barley should I say, was considered food that was fit, that was only for animals and was eaten only by the poorest people. But silver means redemption. I'm glad he redeemed me. Silver means redemption. And when we look at the number 15, it's five times three. The number five symbolizes grace. The number three symbolizes God. By the grace of God, she was redeemed. And I just stopped by this Sunday morning to remind someone that there is nowhere that he will not go to rescue you. There is nowhere that he will not go to rescue you, but there's a love that's pursuing you. There's a love that's chasing you. There's a love that's going after you. There's a love that won't give up. You may have given up on yourself, but he says, come on, come on. You can give Jesus another try. Give Jesus another try and see what he can do in your life. His love can handle the mess His love can handle the disappointment. His love can handle your setbacks and your failures. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on you. So I just invite you this morning could we rest in his love? Could we rest in his love? 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. There's a difference between existing, breathing and living. He says that we may live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You are complete in him. You, that's right, you are complete in him. Father, we thank you today. Oh, God. Thank you for your love that hasn't given up on us. Thank you for your love that sees us at our lowest and still loves us. You love us unconditionally. Thank you because the messiness in my past didn't stop you the messiness in my present, you're greater than. God, I declare freedom in this place. I declare freedom in this place that for everyone that has struggled with the past, that everyone who has struggled with issues, they want to continue spilling over into who we are and who we are becoming. God, right now I declare freedom. I declare that chains will fall in Jesus' name. I declare that bondages will be broken in Jesus' name. I declare, God, that captives will be set free in Jesus' name. God, that there will not be free in some areas and, and, and bound in others. God, I declare complete freedom. I declare total freedom. I declare it right now by your finished work by your finished work let us embrace the fullness of your love let us embrace that you love us Let your love just cover every heart, every mind. Lord, let your presence right now bring the understanding for us to know that you're with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe this is the first time that you hear about this love and you say, Could it be true? Could it be true? Is this, could it be true that there's a God who loves me just as I am? Yeah, there is. He doesn't want you to carry your shame, and he doesn't want you to carry your guilt. He calls you, and he says, I stand at the door, and I knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I would come in. And if that's you today, in this moment, with every eye closed, every head bowed, and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be a recipient of this incredible love. That's you. Just raise your hand. Throw your hand up right where you're at. You don't have to come to the front. We just want to pray with you and pray for you. Amen. Amen. Right where you're at. You're at Impact City. We believe that no one should do life alone. So we believe in community want to pray together. So I want to invite everyone to please repeat after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God praise for everyone that accepted him today? I'm gonna invite you to stand.